So just about two hours ago, I was driving down Pomerado Road, going through that Twin Peaks intersection here in my hometown of Poway. And what do I see? I see the Trump supporters. They're already out. And this is today's President's Day. It's a Monday. Those those guys are usually out there on Sundays. But man, they're they're celebrating their guys still. It's it's amazing. Um, I guess they're just feeling the love or at least feeling retribution from that acquittal. And um, it's something. Um, but yeah, it's President's Day. And I think a lot of our Trump supporters are just so wrapped up in his identity. It's crazy. But, um, you know, one of the things that I try to do in this podcast is, you know, I talk about a lot of political issues and I enjoy it. I enjoy the discussion. But I honestly know that if we're going to affect change in our world, we can't really have a meaningful impact at the political level. I mean, we can vote, we can go out on a street corner and wave signs and flags, but in the end, it's really not going to make that big of a difference. What does make a difference is impacting culture and then ultimately impacting your own life. And, you know, we've talked a bit about that, how politics is downstream from culture. You know, you, inf- you impact culture and then eventually that impacts politics. Upstream from culture is your own individual life and the things that you can do. And so that's what I try to do in this podcast is trying to help people improve their life, improve their business life as well. And that's how we can create change in our own life, positive change in our own life, and ultimately positive change in the world around us. And that's what I really want to get into today. We're going to talk about second chances and a great story about Jason uh, Jacob Nix of the San Diego Padres. We're going to um, talk a little bit about all kinds of issues related to second chances and forgiveness. And I invite your discussion your participation on the live stream. You know, we're um, live streaming on YouTube and on Facebook. And I try to be out here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at two. I do my best. Uh, Last week, I missed Wednesday and Friday just because of business and personal commitments. Uh, But here we are Wednesday at two. We got another great podcast scheduled Wednesday at two with Pete Neal. That'll be fun. Um, But, uh, you know, thanks for joining us and thanks for your participation. We invite your comments on the live stream. So let them rip. But I really want to talk first. I want to kick it off with this article that appeared this morning in the San Diego Union Tribune. And it's about um, it's a funny story. um, But more importantly, it's it's a touching story. And it's a story for someone we can root for. And it's about Jacob Nix. And you might be thinking, who's Jacob Nix? Well, if you're a Padre fan, you know all about him. But Jacob Nix is a guy that is going through a major transformation right now. You know, he was a um, a heralded prospect. People had great confidence in him as a pitcher. The Padres drafted him. And he ended up, you know, getting into the majors when he was 22 years old. And, and he's got... You know, he got his career launched, but he got himself into this terrible situation, um, a situation that he he alone put himself into that caused him a great deal of embarrassment. And it really put his career at jeopardy. But now he's making a comeback and he's getting a second chance. And I I want to trace this story because it's just so wonderful. And so, you know, just a few months ago. Jacob Nix finally got the phone call that he was waiting on. And it was from Padres general manager, A.J. Preller. And they were inviting him back for spring training this year because, you know, the Padres, their spring training is going to get started here in about a week or so. 
um, he got the call. And it's, it's he's on his way back. And this is so great because this was a guy that two years ago was, you know, he, he got uh, made the debut in the majors, had all kinds of arm injury, had this doggy door incident, which we're going to talk about, um, and really thought his career was in ruins. But he worked himself back, built himself back up, and now he's ready. He's being invited back to Major League Camp. And, you know, Jacob Nix you know, as this young man, he said, it's been a long time and we haven't had that happy ending yet that we can talk about, but he's on track. And this is so special. I mean, it's just a great story. So the the key part of the story is, is like I said, in 2018, he was 22 years old, made his debut. But then in 2019, he had a lot of arm injuries, didn't get back to the major leagues, was kind of struggling through the minors. And in October of 2019, on a Saturday night, um, he went out with um, some of his teammates out in um, Scottsdale. And these were teammates of his on this Arizona Fall League team. And, you know, they were out having, you know, some adult beverages and it was time to go home. And he took an Uber home with one of his teammates and they were staying at a house um, that was being rented or maybe owned by Eric Lauer, who was one of the major league pitchers for the Padres at the time. And Jacob Nix got out his um, his app and he knew the address uh, to give to Uber and he typed it in, the, the street number, the street name, and two addresses popped up, which is kind of funny. I mean, it's kind of a commentary on Phoenix's grid system and the way they do it. But there were two identical addresses, but at different zip codes. Well, unfortunately, Jacob Nix, you know, in his um, inebriated state, you know, in the early wee morning hours, picked the wrong zip code to give to the Uber driver. And what ended up happening is, is that the Uber driver drove to the wrong house. Now, meanwhile, Nix and his teammate were in the back seat of this Uber. You know, it's I don't know what time it is. It's one or two in the morning. And, you know, they've been drinking beers or whatever. They've been drinking all night. And and, you know, they probably passed out in the back. And then the Uber driver says, hey, we're here. And they they get out of the car. They stumble out of the car and they go up to the front door. And he tries putting the key into the front door and the key wouldn't fit. And he's like, what's going on? And, you know, maybe this is my key to my rental house in San Diego. And he was a little bit confused. And so they went walking around the side of the house and they found a doggy door. Now, never mind the fact that Eric Lauer, the pitcher for the Padres who owned the house, he doesn't have a dog. He didn't have a doggy door. They were at the wrong house. So in you know his inebriated state, Jacob tried to climb through or squeeze through that doggy door so he could reach up up above his head and open the door to let himself into the house where he's staying. But he was at the wrong house. And as he was pulling, you know, reaching in through the doggy door, the owner of the house was there, pulled him into the house and started kicking him in the face and stomping on his arm and um, just basically <laughs> destroying Nick's. And at that moment, he realized, oh, my God, this is the wrong house. I went to the wrong house. And so he went scrambling out, him and his teammate. I think his name was Tom Cosgrove, the teammate. They go running out to, um, to towards the street. And it turned out that this homeowner was a off-duty cop. And he was telling his wife to go get the gun. I mean, Nick's could have been shot. I mean, he could be dead. I mean, for 
it was breaking and entering into this guy's house. The wife apparently had trouble getting the gun and organized, but the 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 cop who was off duty had a laser and was able to you know tag him with what do they call those? Um, is it a yeah, so it's like a stun gun, you know? So they basically caught him and corralled him and and they sent him off to jail. So this young man, this, you know, he, he's building up his career. He had been struggling. He went out for a night with friends, drinking beers, having fun. And we've all done that, or most of us have done that. He did the responsible thing. He took Uber, but... Uber presented two addresses that were identical, but at different zip codes. He picked the wrong one. He made a couple of other blunders along the way. And suddenly now he spent 48 hours in jail, not only licking his wounds from getting kicked in the face and getting his body and arms, everything else stomped on, but also licking his wounds from, you know, the drunkenness and recovering from the hangover and everything else. So, that made news. I remember when that made news and it was kind of a crazy story, you know, because we all knew who Jacob Nix was and he was this young prospect for the Padres. And when he made his debut in 2018, he had some spectacular performances, but he had some other performances that didn't go his way. So he had a lot of mixed results in 2018, but we all knew if you were a serious Padre fan, you knew who he was. And when this story came up and it's like, oh crap, you know, you feel bad for him, but it did have a little bit of humor because getting stuck in a doggy door and that whole angle to it. I mean, but I'm reading this article this morning. I didn't realize how much his life was actually in jeopardy. I didn't realize what that homeowner did to him um, and how he was trying to get his actual gun to shoot him. And, and thank God that didn't happen. But anyways, it made the news. And I remember, it, it, you know, it had to be incredibly embarrassing for Jacob Nix. I mean, he, here he is in the news, not for the reasons he wants to be in the news. So he ends up going back home to Los Alamitos in Orange County, which is where he was raised. And, you know, he felt ashamed. He didn't, he didn't even go out, you know, um, in, into the city and go shopping or whatever, you know, because he just didn't want to face his friends, his family, his neighbors, because everyone knows who he is. He's this baseball star who finally made his major league debut. He's probably a hero in his local community of Los Alamitos. He ended up feeling so ashamed that he ended up moving out because he just couldn't face it, which I get it. I understand. It's got to be hard. I mean, if you're kind of looked upon as this local hero and then suddenly you're you're splashed on the news and you're stuck in a doggy door and you've made some bad choices and and it ended up that the Padres ended up releasing him about a month later in November of 20 it was 2019. Yeah, so I didn't know what was going to happen to him. But I follow actually I follow Jacob Nix on is it I think his Facebook page. And I've been seeing him. He's been working hard. He's been working. I've been seeing some of his uh, his his practice sessions, pitching off a mound. He looks like he's on like some ragtag, uh, you know, junior varsity field throwing. He looks really good, and he's coming back. And I think that's the greatest thing in this whole story. But see, Jacob Nix has been on a mission now for two years, a mission for retribution, a mission for a second chance. And that's what makes this story so special. And that's what makes him really a guy to kind of root for. And so he said, the article goes on to say, and this is from Kevin Acey of the San Diego Union Tribune. And he says, you know, for Nick's, it's been a winding road. 
you know? And think about it when you're 22 years old, especially a guy 22, I mean, you're still a kid. I mean, you're, you're not mentally mature. You see, sometimes you'll see these young athletes make their pro sports debuts at the highest level in any sport, basketball, baseball, soccer, football, when they're like 19 or 20 years old. I mean, think about that and think about what your maturity level was at that time. I mean, gosh, I look back at my life. I made a number of mistakes as well, you know, sometimes involving alcohol. And it's, you know, it's at some level, I, I don't mean this to, be, this to be taken the wrong way, but at some level, it's part of the maturation process of growing up. I'm not condoning it, but we all go through that where we're immature and we make mistakes We make mistakes, maybe we regret, and we learn from it. Now, some people don't learn, right? Some people fail to get it, and they struggle their whole life. But for others, and it appears for Jacob Nix, is that he's learning from it, and he's growing to become a better person. But Kevin Acey has a good line here. He says, there is the rare 22-year-old male who is trending towards self-actualization, most are somewhere stuck in adolescence or being a complete jerk face. And yeah, you know, young men in your early 20s, you know, they're still, I was immature at that age. And I think Jacob made some, some you know, some choices he regrets. But, you know, he, he's rededicated himself and he's taking advantage of his newest opportunity. And I, I just think this is great. And even now he says, Jacob Nix says, I'm grateful to have been called up when I was, when he was 22, but he admits he wasn't ready then. And he knows that now. Um, In fact, he knew that because once he made his major league debut, he thought he made it, but he got fat. He got out of shape and he knew he had to grow up and he knew he had to really have some personal discipline. He had to get serious. He had to take responsibilities for his life. But leading up to that doggy door incident, you know, he was taking antidepressants and he wasn't feeling good about himself and he was dealing with attention deficit disorder. Um, He hadn't pitched in the majors at all um, in 2019. You know, he made his debut in 2018. He didn't pitch at all in 2019. And in 2019, he didn't, he hadn't, excuse me, he made his debut in 2018. He didn't get back to the majors in 2019. In fact, in 2019, he only threw 24 innings in the minor leagues because he was dealing with, he had a UCL tear, which is what they usually do the Tommy John surgery for. I think that's the one. It's in your elbow. Um, He ended up taking, what is it, like uh, platelets and some, I don't understand the process, but it was trying to help it heal. Um, He only got in about 24 innings, not enough. He was obviously frustrated. He was dealing with, you know, a certain level of failure. And it was struggle because he had reached the top of the mountain and he got kicked back down. Um, And that's when, you know, he ended up, you know, was assigned to the fall league in 2019. And those were his teammates. And he ended up going out that night um, and, uh, you know, made a couple of key mistakes. But through this process, he learned so much about himself. And it's great. He learned that part of the reason that he had injuries was because his body was not cooperating with him. His, his hips and his pelvis were not aligned. And because a baseball pitching, a baseball pitcher rotation is so important. 
body alignment is so important so you can have repeatable mechanics. He had to kind of go back to the woodshed and really work on getting his body right before he could really worry about throwing a baseball again. So he ended up hiring a a, a, a physical therapist and he was making trips to visit this therapist to help him get that alignment. And as his body got aligned, so did his mind and so did the results. And so now he spends an hour a day stretching, certainly before he throws, but ideally every morning, just getting his body straight and really getting his mind straight through the process. Um, He ended up having to really, like I said, go in and go back to the woodshed. He had to work off a makeshift mound. He had to go back to the local high school where he was coaching and helping out the kids. But if he wanted to throw off a mound, he had to scramble to find a catcher. And sometimes the only catcher he could find was a was a catcher from the freshman high school team, like some 14 year old kid. He, he was he just had to find anyone to throw to so he could build himself back up. But he got himself right. And the results so far have been amazing. So right now his fastball is between 95 and 97 miles an hour, two to four miles an hour faster than it was when he made his major league debut in 2018. His on all of his stuff is working great. His change up, his curve, his slider. It's not only working, it's working better than it's ever been. You know, in baseball, they talk about, um, are you, do you have, how many plus pitches do you have? And a like if you have a plus fastball, that means you throw your fastball, you know, at an elite level, you know, at a very high level. Nix now thinks he has four plus pitches, the fastball, the curve, the changeup and the slider. He believes he's now got a real shot, not a shot to make it just back to the major leagues, but a shot to get to the major leagues and have some legs, have some staying power because he's finally got his mind and his body aligned and he's got himself right. And he says now when he has his throwing, um, uh, his throwing sessions, he used to feel horrible pain in his shoulder. Now he feels great because his body is right because his alignment is right. And so, um, now the Padres are saying that he, he has a chance, you know, to maybe not be a starter. I mean, right now, you know, the Padres have signed Darvish and, uh, they were traded for Darvish and traded for Snell and traded for Musgrove. And they've still got Paddock and Lamette and, and like all and Gore and Morahan. They got all these great pitchers. I mean, heck, the Padres just signed, an, you know, what's his name? Keola Keela from the, the Pittsburgh Pirates. I and mean, the Padres are loaded with pitching talent. Does Jacob Nix have the right? Um, does he have a chance to make the major league roster? I think we would all admit it's a stretch. But you know what? He's putting himself into a wonderful position that even if he doesn't make the roster coming out of spring training, he's definitely going to be on a minor league team and he's definitely going to have a chance to grow through the ranks and do it the right way. And so it's just a great story. And and even Jacob Nix admits that, you know, beggars can't be choosers. So he's going to be happy to take whatever he can get, whether he's a starter, whether he's a reliever, whether he's in the major leagues or the minor leagues. So it's just a beautiful story of second chances. And you know, I think about second chances and, you know, we've both been on maybe, at least speaking for myself, I've been on both sides of the second chance. You know, I've I've gotten second chances and sometimes I've made the most of them and other times I, I haven't. There have been other moments in my life where I've extended second chances 
and I've been burned. And at other times I've extended second chances and I've been rewarded. And a great example is, um, is one that happened actually over the weekend. Um, I needed to get my garage door uh, repaired. And it's just a story about garage doors. It's, it's a good story. So one of our garage doors, the clicker wasn't working. And I try to, I try to um, get the garage door to work. It won't lift. So I ended up having to manually go open up garage door number two, go into the garage, manually lift garage door number one, then go back out to my car to drive it in and then manually close it. Um, my, my, my son was joking with me and saying, man, what is this? Are you like, is this like a 14th century castle and you've got to open and lower the drawbridge over the moat? Cause it had this crashing sound every time I was opening and closing the door. And I tried to fix it myself. I couldn't do it. So I finally broke down and I called, I went actually onto the Poway neighbors website. Cause I remember there was a thread there, people looking for a garage door repairman. And I found a company that was highly recommended and it was called West Coast Garage Door Repair. And I called the guy and we scheduled an appointment for Friday morning. You know, today's Monday. So it was Friday morning and Friday morning was supposed to be here at 830 and he didn't show. And I was like, oh man, why didn't you show? And so then I, I figured I'd give him a little time. Maybe he's running late. And he wasn't running late. And finally, about 1030, I sent him a text and I said, hey, man, what happened? Did did I misunderstand the date or was there a problem? And, and he fessed up right straight up to me. He goes, nope, it was my fault. And I, and he didn't try to explain it or rationalize it. He just took responsibility. And he said, it's my fault. But I'd love to come out there th- later this afternoon. And I had already had plans in the afternoon. I couldn't really coordinate having a garage door repair guy there Friday afternoon. So I said, let's just do it Saturday uh, if, if that works for you. And he goes, yeah, I can be there first thing Saturday morning. And I said, okay, let's do it. So I gave him a second chance. And I'll tell you what, this guy was awesome. Awesome. So I need to get back on that Poway Neighbors thread and really write a positive review and do the same on Yelp and Google for him. And um, he he not only fixed the garage doors, he not only um, replaced parts that need to be replaced, but he was pleasant. He was funny. He was honest. He was transparent. He gave us bonus information that we didn't really need or expect, but that helped us. Um, he offered to reprogram the the built-in remote control buttons in our cars so we don't have to use the little fob to open up the garage doors. I mean, he did everything that we could ever ask for. And he did it with a smile on his face and his prices were fair and very reasonable. And so when it came time to pay, it was like the easiest decision in the world to make. In fact, I got my garage door fixed. Then my wife who uses garage door number two, she was telling me that her garage door lifter was on the skits and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And sometimes she had to get her car right up on front of the garage door before it would actually work. So we had him look at that one and yeah, he said, yeah, the circuit board's failing on that one. He fixed it. And now that one works perfect too. So this, all this frustration that we have been dealing with, with our garage doors has been solved. And I could have called someone else. I could have called another vendor, but then who, who would I have called? I still knew this guy got really good references in my local community from people that I know. So I had every reason to trust him, but did I, but, but I decided, to, even though he failed, 
he fessed up. He took responsibility. He didn't avoid. He didn't, ex- he didn't rationalize. He didn't make up excuses. He took responsibility. So I gave him a second chance, and we were both rewarded. Win-win. What a beautiful story. And so now my garage doors work. And so I got a, on the live stream a comment from Greg Herman. Great stuff. I'll watch the rest after work. All right. So, yeah, Greg, uh, remember we had Greg's son, Rory Herman, on the, on the John Riley Project. Gosh, it's about, about a year, year and a half ago. And Rory is a, a collegiate hockey player. And he plays for RPI, which is a, one of the top uh, hockey, D1 hockey programs on the East Coast. And that's a wonderful story. If you want to check out a great podcast episode about a local athlete here in Poway, um, look up the Rory Herman podcast on the John Riley Project. It's a great one. Great episode. But Another crazy story with Second Chances is another one. Actually, it involves this podcast. Um, so I think I've been telling you before, one of the things that I, you know, I took some time off on the podcast between middle of December and late January. And one of the things I really wanted to do was really optimize my video because I was getting pixelated video since I switched to the StreamYard platform. And one of the things I wanted to do was not depend on Wi-Fi, right? And so I have my podcast studio. It's in my living room. And my router, you know, which is directly connected to my cable modem is in my office. Like, you know, it's on the other end of the house. And so in order to be directly plugged in with an Ethernet cable, you know, I could string a long cable down the hallway, but I'm sure my family wouldn't be happy about that. So I wanted to hire like one of those IT cabling guys to run a cable up through the wall, across the attic, down through the wall, and then install like a proper, you know, port on the wall. And so he did. And it's actually right there. You can't see it, but it's in the wall there. And I had called a company to do this. And, uh, and what I usually do is I go on Yelp and I'll find the, you know, the local ones and then I look for those that have the highest reviews. And so I picked the one with the best reviews and this company scheduled me and then ch- they changed the schedule. I said, oh, sorry, we can't make it now. We got to reschedule. And then the second uh, time they had to reschedule me again. Um, and then the third scheduled, they didn't show at all. And so I had given them a second chance and a third chance. And by that time I said, okay, I got to move on. The crazy story is, is that the next company scheduled me and then they had to reschedule. They canceled on me, had to reschedule. And I figured, okay, I'm going to give this guy a second chance. And then he came out the second time and was wonderful and did great work for me. So I'm learning now as I get older, I'm a lot more forgiving. And, and I think this is a good thing, you know. Again, it's all part of maturing and learning and growing. I mean, I could have gone back to Yelp and hunted for another garage door repair guy or another cabling guy, but sometimes it, it sometimes it's just easier to give a second chance. You don't have to go hunting for someone else. But other times you just kind of want to give them another chance just to see if they're going to come through for you. And and they did. And so I, I, I just think it's good. I mean I mean, maybe you could chime in here on the live stream if you've ever extended second chances or been on the other end of it, have received second chances, and maybe you've succeeded or failed with that second chance. Now, it is interesting is, gosh, this is 
back in 2015. This is, you know, it's a presidential primary season. And I, again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. And I've talked about that before, but I was really, really excited back then about the campaign of Rand Paul for the president of the United States. Now, I since switched. Once Rand Paul flipped and started to support Trump, I abandoned him. But back then I had like this brief love affair, which, and by the way, I learned the lesson and, and Julie Mason on Sirius XM 124 often says, and never fall in love with a politician. They always disappoint you. Well, I learned that the hard way. Well, anyways, one of the things that Rand Paul talked about in that 2015 campaign that I loved and and he still talks about this to a great degree, was this whole notion of criminal justice reform, right? And, you know, when people commit, make a mistake, you know, especially with drugs, you know, right now we have very punitive um, uh, penalties. People are thrown in jail for, you know, disproportionately long periods of time for very minor infractions of possession, um, or intention to distribute. And there's obviously a lot of, and there's a lot of race issues involved with that, you know, powder cocaine versus, um, versus crack cocaine and on and on. I mean, we can talk about how blacks are disproportionately punished in the drug war. I mean, frankly, the whole drug war is, a, is BS in the first place. They need to legalize it all. Uh, and, and, and then we'll have less violence. We're going to have um, less really less addiction because it'll be out in, in, in the open and less unnecessary death because it'll be safer. Um, but still, um, Rand Paul talked a lot about the notion of forgiveness as part of how we should be handling a lot of these crimes when we look at criminal justice. And it's interesting is usually I'm going to make some sweeping generalizations here, so forgive me, but usually it's when people commit crimes, there are some that want to throw the book at them and throw away the key and lock them up and have very hardcore, hardcore um, uh, penalties. And sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes this comes from very religious people. And a lot of times, you know, part of it's the, you know, it's the Old Testament, right? Like an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and... And some very hardcore punishment we saw. If you read the Old Testament, there's plenty of stories of it. But Rand Paul talked about how really the New Testament is a lot about forgiveness. And that was a big part of Christ's message throughout the New Testament is, is forgiveness and turning the other cheek and extending second chances. And I thought it was a very, a very savvy messaging strategy for him as a Republican presidential candidate trying to reach out to a Christian voter base. And it was nice to see that kind of a, to hear that kind of a message from a politician to talk about forgiveness and to talk about unwinding these um, mandatory minimums and these really hardcore, almost draconian punishments for people that frankly are poor and are struggling to make a living because they have they don't have the skills and experience um, or the opportunity to, to really create a good career for themselves out in the so-called normal career. Many of them have gone to a life of distributing drugs, or maybe they've been a customer for those drugs and they've seen their life destroyed 
not by themselves, but really by the government and the and the and the and the, and the you know the heavy-handed punishment that's been handed out. So it was nice to see a politician talking about forgiveness. But we see this a lot in the media, right? Where celebrities, especially celebrities, when they make mistakes, some of them will apologize, some of them won't apologize. And by now, a lot of them know the script. You know, they're, they're uh, handlers, they're PR agents. They know the right model to follow, right? And the latest one, at least there's been a few lately. I think one of them was the host of The Bachelor, who I don't really watch that show, but my daughter was telling me about the situation he was involved in. Apparently, he made some offhanded remarks and he's just got cancel cultured. Um, but a good example is, have you been following the news about Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears and all that? And th- this is an interesting story because Britney Spears, um, is, you know, there's a documentary uh, about her and about her, what is it? Her father's, is it a governorship or her father essentially handling her business affairs, making decisions for her. And part of that documentary, it came out, you know, kind of a rehashing of the story of Justin Timberlake. And, you know, they were dating back when they were young because they, they were on the the Disney, you know, uh, Mickey Mouse and the Musketeers show. What was that called? I remember they had the old fashioned one with um, uh, that was in black and white, but they had a new version of it. Remember, And there's been a I think Christina Aguilera was on that. There's a bunch of other pop stars that were on the. Um, the Musketeer show on Disney. And of course, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake were on it. And it came out that the rehashing of the story is how Justin Timberlake accused Britney Spears of being unfaithful and made a lot of comments. But think about that. I mean, that was like 20 years ago. How how old is Justin Timberlake now? He's probably, what, in his late 30s? So these are comments he made about just about Britney Spears when they were probably both teenagers. I mean, this goes back to Justin, uh, you know, Jacob Nix and how we make foolish mistakes when we're immature, when we're a teenager and we learn from them. Um, But uh, Timberlake came out and said, I've seen the messages, tags, comments and concerns and I want to respond. Right. Because people were hound dogging him after this Britney Spears documentary. And Timberlake says, I am deeply sorry. For the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn and did not speak up for what was right. I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson, both individually, because I care for and respect these women that I know I failed. So good for you, Timberlake, for coming clean, taking responsibility. It's a bit late, but you're still doing it. Now, again, I think his handlers, his PR staff are tell, are coaching him and giving him the right thoughts because we all know that we've seen a lot of these comeback stories in Hollywood, and it only happens when they have a full mea culpa, where they have a full apology. And when they do and they show remorse, sincere remorse, then they have an opportunity to come back. And Timberlake is following that script and, you know, Timberlake's a smart guy. Um, he probably felt he didn't need to do this before, maybe because he was immature and thought he was just joking around. Um, but 
it was interesting how he went on to say in his apology, Timberlake says the industry is flawed. It sets men, especially white men, up for success as a man in a privileged position, okay, which kind of goes to the whole, uh, this is part of the common culture, a lot of the common messaging we're seeing in culture now about privilege. As a man in a privileged position, I have to be vocal about this because of my ignorance. I didn't recognize it at at all for, um, I didn't recognize it for all that it was while it was happening in my own life but I do not want to ever benefit from others being pulled down again. So again, you know, say, you know, offering the apology, um, doing the necessary virtue signaling, using the necessary scripted text, but still it's an apology and still it's well-crafted and calculated to help him, but also to show remorse. So it kind of hits on all the points you know, that you would expect. Um, and I think it's good. I, I, I really do. I think it's good that he's doing this. And, you know, because he was accused of having a, a lacking compassion for what Britney Spears was going through. And, you know, again, he accused her of, of you know, cheating on him. And apparently he, she wasn't cheating on him. And again, these are like 19 year olds going through their own sort of drama. But People were saying, you know, Justin Timberlake still owes Britney Spears an apology for framing as her a cheater in the public eye. So a lot of people were calling on him to apologize. So he did. And Timberlake said, I have not been perfect in navigating this throughout my career. I know this apology is a first step and does not absolve the past. So again, good. You know, so he's showing remorse. But it's interesting how some people will still never accept it. And maybe you've been in that situation too, because some people will commit a sin that you find is as far as cross the line and and you'll never forgive them, right? Um, and we, we see some of that, you know, in the in the social media Twitterverse. Um, LOL, Justin Timberlake, take your troll song money and cry me a river. And another person said, Justin Timberlake thinks a short notes app apology is accountability for the pain he caused both Brittany and Janet. Oh, the, the audacity of men. But, you know, it's funny, like I didn't learn this until much later in my life that forgiveness isn't necessarily a process of um, trying to get, what's the right word, affirmation or trying to get um, a head nod or a um, a mulligan, if you will, from the person whom, whom you um, harmed. A lot of times forgiveness is something for you. Um, giving yourself forgiveness for things that happened in the past is a good way for you to grow and a good way for you to move on. And essentially has benefits for you as well as for the person that was harmed in the process. And I think, you know, Timberlake is because is seeing that now. But, um, you know, the, the topic of it's it, there's so many different angles to this about forgiveness and second chances and. I mean, the crazy part of this uh, the story, which I didn't really realize at the time, is that the incident, you know, the the so-called wardrobe ma- uh, malfunction that happened at the Super Bowl where Timberlake and Janet Jackson were on stage and Timberlake grabbed Janet Jackson and like ripped off the, her top and exposed him, exposed her. Well, 
that incident didn't negatively affect Timberlake. It negatively impacted Janet Jackson. Um, and it affected her career and she was forced to apologize. And I was thinking, what? Now, again, when that happened, I thought when it, when it actually went down, I didn't think it was a mistake. I thought it was some calculated stunt to get attention. Um, but I've since learned that it wasn't a stunt. Um, but still it's amazing that Janet Jackson was being blamed for this. And Janet Jackson had to go, and apologize when really it was Timberlake that caused the problem in the first place. But what what's interesting is, is that, like I said, there's a couple of different angles to this. And sometimes, you know, a lot of the time, apologizing when you've done wrong is the right thing to do, obviously, because it's a form of justice, right? It's a form of of being honest. And, and Jacob Nix did that. He admitted he was wrong. He apologized to the Padres and Justin Timberlake, although it's a bit late, but he still apologized and we could go down the list. I mean, Hugh Grant and I mean, there's um, Rob Lowe. I mean, there's a lot of other celebrities that have gotten themselves in trouble for making terrible mistakes, but they came clean. They apologized and they, they want to be held accountable. And and generally, as a society, we like that. When, when someone is humble and accepts that responsibility, then we give them the opportunity to rise again. Um, but there's other people that refuse to apologize. And I think the first person we could probably all think of is, is uh, former President Trump. And it's interesting is that Trump made a, a, did a million things that he should have apologized for, but he never would because he always thought it was a sign of weakness to apologize. He wanted other people to apologize to him. He wanted other people to use a Game of Thrones term to bend the knee to him. He never wanted to be seen bending the knee to someone else. Well, that's a big reason why President Trump is no longer president because people were tired of his character. And, you know, the 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 um, role model that he was failing to be. So, but still, there are people that will sometimes demand that you apologize for things in which you've done no harm. You actually actually not done anything wrong. And I think that's an interesting angle too, because sometimes people want you to apologize for your success. People want to you to apologize for your beliefs, even though you know your beliefs are righteous or virtuous. And people want you to essentially bend their knee to them. And sometimes people use this process of forgiveness and second chances not as a way to show accountability or to absolve yourself or to put yourself in the good graces of others. Some people see this process because it, you know, it plays heavily on our, our guilt and our psyche. They see it as a process to gain power or to push people down and they pervert it terribly. I mean, Trump is one of those people, but it's important that we give ourselves second chances. And, you know, I mean, look at me, I'm in this podcast and I get out here. This is episode number 201, which by the way is amazing. I've done 201 episodes, but 
if you go back and listen to some of these episodes, I made mistakes. I probably said things I like to take back. Um, I've stumbled. I've I've said some things that were inaccurate that I've been called out on by uh, by some of my viewers and listeners. Um, but I know going into this, I'm going to make mistakes. But that's how I grow and that's how I learn and that's how I get better. But it's interesting how sometimes in life, a mistake can crush us. A mistake will make us give up. I mean, it'd be very easy if I were on episode number six and I made a mistake and I'm like, oh my God, I can't face anyone anymore. I'm going to give up. That would have been the wrong thing to do. And I think one of the great lessons of this whole notion of second chances is not necessarily the idea of extending second chances to other people, but it's also extending second chances to yourself and not just second chances, but third chances and fourth chances. Be kind to yourself. Love yourself. Give yourself a break when you make a mistake. Take accountability. Learn from it. But have the courage to get back on the bicycle and keep moving forward because that's how we'll grow. If we're afraid of making mistakes, we never grow. Um, a bird can't soar from its nest unless it makes a few mistakes along the way. But that's how that's how they eventually leave the nest and become a better person. So I I just, you know, I read that article about Jacob Nix and I, it was really special. So Jacob Nix is going to definitely be a guy that I'm rooting for, you know, in spring training. Now, again, even if he has a magical spring training, um, uh, you know, outcome, he, he, he pitches great. He probably still is not going to make the team because he barely pitched in 2019 or 2020. Um, but I'm rooting for him and I hope you're rooting for him too, uh, because he, has been given a second chance and he's taking advantage of it and he's doing it all the right way. And it's wonderful. Uh, Pete Neal says, in my case, I have to go well beyond second chances. I'm well into needing double digits. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're with people that love you, those people that love you will give you third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth chances, 11 chances, double digit chances, because they love you. If you love yourself, you'll also continue to give yourself second chances, third chances. But don't let a mistake, even a costly mistake, even a mistake that you blundered terribly, maybe embarrass yourself, maybe feel ashamed. Don't let that crush you. Don't let that prevent you from pursuing your happiness, from pursuing your dreams. We all make mistakes. We're all human. That's kind of the beauty of being human, right? I mean, we all have free will. We all make choices. Sometimes we choose well. Sometimes we don't choose well. Sometimes we're so drunk or inebriated, we end up making terrible decisions that are, you know, we, we put ourselves in a bad spot and then we make those bad choices. But still, we need to grow. We need to learn. And we need to give ourselves a second chance and a third chance. And I think this story from Jacob Nix, even if you're not a baseball fan or a Padre fan, you know, pay attention. We'll probably see a little bit of Jacob Nix maybe in March, maybe in late February, early March. He'll probably get some innings. He'll probably be sent down to minor leagues, you know, midway through spring training. But that's okay. But keep an eye on him. 
Jacob Nix, N-I-X. It's an easy name to remember, uh, but I think he's a special guy, and I'm really, really proud of him. I really am. Um, okay, so uh, we got another podcast coming on Wednesday. We're going to have Pete Neal, who just chimed in on the live stream, and we're finally going to do this podcast, and you know, Pete calls it Convergent Coils. I, I, I got to come up with the right name for this, but it's mostly a visualization of concepts that are in our mind, right? So maybe you've had these situations where you see the world in a certain way, you see a process happening in a certain way, maybe in your mind, you kind of see a flow chart, or maybe in your mind, you have a construct, maybe a geometric pattern of how you see these things set up. And those, that kind of visual helps you understand the process, the model, the flow. Well, Pete and I were talking about this and we both do this. We both have these, these cases where we make these mental models and we're going to share some of our, we're going to go deep into our minds and we're going to share with you some of the things that we've cooked up and maybe you have some of your own. And so we love to have your participation on that. Pete and I, I think are going to do a dry run on this on Tuesday to make sure we can do all the screen sharing and everything properly. We've each prepared some PowerPoint slides, and I think this will be fun. Um, I spent part of the weekend actually finalizing mine and getting all of my my layout and my presentation just right, because it's fun to actually get it into writing, you know, because a lot of times this this diagram, this visual is in our mind that describes the relationship with others, a relationship with ourselves. Um, so this will be a lot of fun. Uh, Pete says... Some mistakes I'm proud of. I once made a report to the captain of possible warship bearing 090. It turned out to be an ocean liner. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we make mistakes, but that's how we learn, you know, and sometimes people make mistakes out of carelessness. Sometimes they make mistakes that are just Murphy's law. Sometimes they make mistakes for, you know, evil reasons. But we can look at each one of those and decide, is this a case where someone should be forgiven? And if you're on the borderline, just forgive the person and let the love flow, right? Um, really, all religions teach that, some form of love and forgiveness. Um, that's a good thing. That's why I, I really get down on a lot of our, our laws. Sometimes they can be just so, so punitive, so hardcore that's why we have this mass incarceration state. In fact, the guy that was elected president, Joe Biden, was the architect of a lot of that. Kamala Harris, she played a big role, too. Um, I hope with, you know, with the Democrats, I hope we're going to see, you know, they say there's going to be criminal justice reform. I'm, I'm hopeful for it. We need it uh, to a great deal. We need to give people second chances. Uh, people are going to jail for petty reasons, emerging from jail with a scarlet letter, you know, essentially a felony mark on their record, can't get work, can't get a good job. They're stained for life. Um, we need to give people second chances. Now, of course, there are some exceptions, uh, but as a general rule, I think we should. And I think if you are religious, I think this is a natural extension of that. So, a couple of quotes on this. I think they're fun to share. Again, a lot of these people, I, two of them, I don't know who they are, but they're great quotes. Rick Price said, 
every moment of your life is a second chance. That's true. Every moment of our life, we're learning, we're growing, we fail, we repeat, we fail, we try again, we try again, we, ch- we change things, we tweak, we fail, and we keep getting ourselves second, third, fourth, fifth chances. Every minute of our life, we have a chance to do that. Every episode of my podcast, I have an opportunity to have a second chance to get it better and to make it right. Rachel Griffiths said, there's nothing as exciting as a comeback. Seeing someone with dreams, watching them fail, and then getting a second chance, right? We all love that with celebrities. We all love that with um, with athletes that get that second chance, like Jacob Nix. We want to root for people that have overcome hardships and have taken responsibility and been fully accountable, have offered the necessary apology, and then... When done sincerely, then we know they're authentic and they're ready to move forward. Um, I think that's terrific. There's a few other people here (laughs) that I do know who they are or I know of them. And another couple, two more quotes on forgiveness from Mahatma Gandhi. The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. That's true. It's only the strong can really properly forgive. Uh, because you need to be strong of moral character to understand why forgiveness is so necessary. But you also need to have a certain degree of power to really properly offer a forgiveness that's going to be accepted by the other person. But still, I think one thing that Mahatma Gandhi says, yeah, the weak can never forgive well, yeah, I, even looking internally, if you want to forgive yourself, if you're weak of character, you don't have the ability to look inwardly to forgive yourself for the mistakes you've made. So, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, I mean, have you seen that movie? What an amazing movie. Um, ben, was it Ben Kingsley, I think, was the guy in that movie? What a wonderful movie. So, And then the final quote from Oscar Wilde, always forgive your enemies Nothing annoys them so much. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, if you publicly forgive your enemies, it bugs the hell out of them, which is good, too, sometimes. But, yeah, so I, 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 um, like I said, I, I want to, in this podcast, I really want to start changing the direction of what I do and what I say and what I share, because... You know, I'm always going to talk about current events and politics and, but I don't want it, this to be like, you know, a bitch fest about things that we hate. Um, I want this to be about an opportunity where we can all learn and grow and we can all better ourselves, right? We can, we can either be inspired by amazing athletes like Rory Herman. Um, we can be, um, inspired by community leaders who we've had so many of them here as guests, but especially when I do these solo podcasts, I I really want to be able to provide some kind of a nugget um, that you can take home with you. You know, whether, you know, I've done some like previously we were talking about marketing funnels and landing pages and, you know, some marketing techniques to, to win new customers. But still, I think there's a lot we can, we can learn and lessons that I've learned that I can share. And so this notion of second chances, I know for me, I'm trying to offer more second chances, not just to other people like my garage door guy 
and my IT cabling guy, um, I want to offer more second chances for myself um, because I make mistakes all the time. And I want to be able to come back from those mistakes and be better as a result. So that's part of the, the, the big takeaway here. So it's all about second chances. And let's all root for Jacob Nix. I think he's a good guy and worthy of our support. So everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. This is the John Riley Project. This is episode number 201. And we'll be back Wednesday at 2 on the live stream with Pete Neald. And I'm looking forward to that one. We'll be talking about visuals of processes. <laughs> I know I've got to get a, come up with a title for this. So between now and Wednesday, we'll come up with a good title. But uh, we'll see you then, friends. Take care. Bye-bye.